When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Feeling overwhelmed by climate change? Looking for sustainable and ethical brands to support? That Ethic is perfect for you. Ethic is a simple browser extension that helps you find sustainable and ethical brands online. Learn more at ethic.org. E-T-H-Y-K.org. Welcome back to Realistic Sustainability. I'm Mike, and I'm here with, you guessed it, Nick. You know, maybe they didn't guess it, Michael. Maybe you made them feel very stupid that I am here. No, three seasons. They had to have guessed it. You'd think so, but you never know what people don't know until you find out that they don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the kind of rabbit holes that Nick and I will get into on a regular basis. Yeah, it's not really a rabbit hole. It's more of like a hippo hole. I wouldn't fit down a rabbit hole. I'm a little too rotund. <laughs> Anyways, how are you doing today? Uh, miserable. Absolutely miserable. Yes, miserable. Oh, my. Why? So after we got done talking last night, I went and sat on the couch for I don't, maybe 10, 15 minutes is what I thought it was going to be. I was just petting my dog and going over stuff, and I fell asleep. I slept on the couch until 4.45 this morning, sitting straight up, and I snore really badly. And so my uvula, or whatever it's called, the little punching bag at the back of your throat, swells up really bad when i snore and so it feels like it feels like there's a big like almost a like tumor or mass in the back of my throat so it's hard to breathe and hard to swallow and if i sneeze it hurts so bad so i am miserable yes this is a first world problem yes this is self-inflicted okay i know it does not make me happy and then i call you and say hey let's talk for an hour to some degree yeah but i mean i knew we had to anyways i, I was trying to be productive and get some housework done but uh I ended up literally just cleaning the fridge. It's like all I got done. <laughs> well, sometimes that is a daunting task, at least at our house. It's a frustrating task in my house. I'm sitting here looking at like all these containers of leftover food that no one's eaten. Granted, keep in mind, we were gone for five days, so I can't blame everyone completely. But because I spent the money on the food and now it's chicken food, I'm going to blame them a little bit. So was it 40% of the food that you cooked? Because it- as we all know, waste, U.S. households, 40%. Oh, Lord, no, not even close to 40%. Oh, good, good. Still more than I want to throw away, though. Yeah, I mean, our, I think all of our goals are to eliminate, if not greatly reduce. But you do have the chicken, so you get to, as you said, feed your food with your food. So That's that right. does that is a little more helpful. Indeed it is. I mean, it's like the silver lining on a rain cloud. It's just not... It's the best possible case scenario of a situation that I don't want to take part in at all. (laughs) Well, this week I want to talk about plastic bottles and I'm purposely leaving the term water out of it because I mean actual just all plastic bottles. I know that we talk about plastics on a regular basis, but I think it's important. And when we talk about bottles, almost everybody goes to water bottles. The conversation is water bottles because they are a massive amount that the U.S. wastes, but there's way more. 
Well, I, I think that the conversation goes to water bottles, not because of the amount that's used, but because of how, how central it is to our general existence. I mean, people generally relate things in their life to food and drink or memories or things that are relevant to them. And everyone drinks water. We have to, because if we want to live, we need it in our bodies. So yeah, plastic water bottles are huge, but it's not like it's the only thing we use that comes in, in plastic. You know, the big one, when you say plastic bottles, the one, the number one thing in my head is two. There's milk jugs, which... Essentially, same premise as the water bottle, but it's milk. And the other one being laundry detergent. That one, that one like screams at me. Or any type of chemical, any type of chemical we put in plastic instead of glass. An unmeasurable amount of cleaners and solvents and different fragrances and perfumes and all these chemicals that we put on our body or on clo- clean clothes to put on our body or clean our household all come in plastic. Yeah, I mean, shampoo, conditioner, any almost everything that is around the house that we have, as you state, chemicals in is a plastic bottle. And so I wanted to have the conversation a little more about plastic bottles as a whole, because we do a lot of talking about water bottles. And see, for us, I reuse a lot of water bottles. I collect a lot of water bottles. I use them for STEM classes. The kids like to make planters or balloon-powered cars. There's all kinds of things that we can use. We make like those little tornadoes in a bottle kind of thing. There's lava lamps. So I save a lot of water bottles. We use a lot. And as we get into more public schools, we're going to use more and more and more. But at least they get a second use. It's because reuse is far better than recycle when it comes to plastic. Very little plastic is actually recycled, no matter how no no matter how much you wash it out, separate it, put it in the separate bin. And as I've said for three years now, you're throwing it in the practice bin because quite often they just throw it in the landfill anyways. Well, that, but a lot of them can't really be recycled. I mean, so we also we talked about several times how plastic downgrades when through the recycling process, and that's what they have the rating system on the plastic for, you know, so you know what's recyclable, what's not, you know, how much it downgrades, blah, blah, blah. It's not like aluminum where it's almost completely recyclable. It's it's very finicky because plastic is a man-made product. It's not meant to, not technically meant to be recycled and reused, unfortunately. But the only ones that I, I in my opinion, and this is the ignorant first thought you know, process on it that are recyclable in a safe manner are the ones that are from water and food. I would be hard pressed to believe that you could recycle, safely recycle CLR bottles, bleach bottles, ammonia bottles, you know, any type of like mild acid, like whatever that kind of acid is you buy to clean your pool. Like there's all different kinds of stuff that are really nasty substances that we sell and, you know, store in plastic. If you, I mean, you've seen it. I have one of those giant, oh God, 250 gallon, like in industrial size chemical bins originally it was used for roundup in bulk i mean that kind of stuff isn't exactly something they're gonna you know melt down and reuse they're either gonna junk it or someone like me is gonna buy it and try to find a purpose for it but it's not going to be it's not going to be utilized to its fullest extent because it's not really meant to right and and as we've discussed in the past plastics down cycle so you're not creating the same you're not melting down bottles to make bottles you're usually shredding all of these uh then melting it into like a it it will extrude it out make pellets out of it where they cut that extruded plastic just to make pellets and if it's if it's a pure enough substance you might get a 10 percent mix with raw with new raw materials 10 15 20 percent mix so it's always better to find a re a reuse there's always a, it's always better to use something over and over and over again 
than it is to even recycle it because it still takes embodied energy. Again, another one of those fun words I preach on the show, which is the amount of energy from conception to death of any product in its life cycle. It still takes a ton of embodied energy to recycle plastics. So part of what I want to talk about today is different ways we can reuse some plastics. Now, when you Google how to reuse plastics, it's like craft hell. Okay. <laughs> Everything on there is primarily crafting. How uh, to recycle plastic. See Pinterest. Okay. <laughs> that, I guarantee you, if you type that into Google, one of the top five search options will be Pinterest. <laughs> now, granted, for someone like myself who reuses plastics, uh, I'm I'm kind of doing that. We do it in STEM class. We use the bottles as the body of a car for a balloon powered car. We use bottles to create self draining small planters so kids can plant a green bean plant and watch it grow and see the root structure. We do a lot of those things. Like I said before, the lava lamps, little Elka seltzer in the top with some oil and water with a little food coloring, and you got yourself what looks to be a lava lamp. It's just so I'm I'm really doing the same thing. As much as I make jokes about it, I'm kind of crafting with most of my plastics too. We save little water bottle caps as wheels or gears, you know, so there's a lot of things that we can do. But There are other things. Now, for a good example is clamshells, my takeout clamshells. If I decide to go down to the corner and get a sandwich, it always comes in this rigid plastic clamshell that is clear. Well, the plants in front of that same restaurant were all started in those clamshells. They make excellent little greenhouses. Oh, absolutely. you, You can start a bunch of plants, get them to a certain size to where they're touching. You open it pull them all out, plant them, you know? So that's what I'm really talking about. Those I can wash out. I have a stack of them. I use them every year. Just that last in the clamshell is a great use for those kinds of things. And there's nothing wrong with crafting in Pinterest. There really isn't. If you can, you know, take something that you would have otherwise thrown away and find a way to reuse it, even if that means, you know, cutting it up and, and changing its general shape, as long as it's not going in the ground, I think it's a, you know, it's a net plus. I, I don't really have any issues with that other than the fact that I am not creative in that sense. So I don't get any use out of that website. Right. Well, and I'm not exactly art. Uh, I'm not exactly artsy. I don't okay. know. I, I like the first one. I'm not exactly art. Well, I'm not art. That is also true. But I'm not exactly someone who's very creative in those manners. But I did see people like Jamie. I know people like that exist because I'm married to one. You know, one That's of those people who can take... I can just give her four different things and she'll just MacGyver it into something really cool. I did see people building bird feeders that did not look like detergent bottles. It didn't look like cleaner bottles. It looked like a bird feeder. You know, they had cleaned it out. They had cut certain spots to make these places for it to land. And it looked really nice. I don't know. I could do that, but it you can craft very useful things. There was people online showing how to use your water bottles or certain water bottles as egg yolk suckers. You know, you can pull it out and now you have egg whites. I personally like the yolk. I have no purpose for that. But (laughs) there's a lot of those little tools or little things online that allow you to be able to reuse something over and over and over again without sending it to landfill. Because before we go into more of that, the reason why you don't want it in a landfill other than the it's going to take 450 to 1,000 years to break down is that plastics don't biodegrade like we do. They get smaller. 
they break into smaller and smaller and smaller pieces. They're not actually really biodegrading. They're just getting so small we don't see them. And then we have microplastics everywhere and yep. we can't get them out of things. That's true, though. I mean, it would it would take and I actually I can't even really finish that sentence. I would think it would take millions of years to break plastics back it down into the, the raw products that they came from. I mean, I can't imagine. And that would take probably a lot of pressure and a lot of heat. We're talking like plastics predominantly are made from oil products, right? Yeah. It's, so yep. it's not like there, it's not like it would never, ever, ever go back to where it came from. It's just, it would take so many generations of lifetimes that it's not something that's practical or something to consider. Well, and what we're finding is, is that it, we think it's primarily gone, but it breaks into such small pieces that even wildlife thinks it's food. And through bioaccumulation, they're now finding small trace elements of plastic in human beings that they oh, got sure. that they got through mm-hmm. that bioaccumulation through the fish they ate or something in that nature. I think on our last camping trip, there were seagulls everywhere. And my brain went straight to, I wonder if one of them died and you cut them open, how much plastic was inside? Morbid, but... Um, <laughs> I, I mean, that's a good question. Judging by the uh, <laughs> the abundance of them and how they tend to eat, probably the odds are probably pretty good that that would happen. Whether or not it guaranteed, I'm not going to go kill a seagull and find out, but I don't doubt it. I mean, on top of the fact that they're like nature's scavengers, they eat anything. They probably accidentally consume plastics and papers and stuff just trying to eat their food. So you combine that with the notion of the microplastics and who's to say there's no microplastics in the food we consume. There probably is. And I don't know. I'm like, I think it's probably a pretty good chance. Same thing with raccoons. I bet you if we cut open a raccoon, it's probably the same thing. Well, and I don't get that idea just because I want to cut open a bird. I get that idea. There's a fantastic, very moving, what I believe to be more of a piece of art than just photography of a photographer who had found seagulls who had passed away on, on, on this beach. And as the seagull biodegraded, it left in in the stomach pouch or in that area there just a overabundance of plastics. So you have this photo of a decomposing bird with a pocket of plastics where its stomach should be. And then they started to walk up and down the beach and finding birds that had died because they could no longer get nutrients. They, their stomach is full of plastic. And even if they found food, they couldn't necessarily eat it and get the nutrients. So they would find these dead birds up and down the coast, cut them open and pull out everything and see what's in their stomachs. And that's where I get that from, because it was a very strong image that I saw. It was a long lasting one. So now every time I see a seagull, knowing that they eh, have their difficulties defining what is food and what is not, I always wonder how much is in there. Well, I mean, I agree with that, but when I look at, I've never seen that image. And and before you Google it, don't send it to me. I don't, I don't want to see a decomposing bird. I'll take your word for it. You got to figure that animals like that, they, they're like instantaneously keyed into two things. One bright colors equal food in that world. Something is bright colored. It means it's edible. Nature does that. You know, we learn that from nature, all the, all the bright colored things you eat in nature. And when I say nature, I mean, plants, you know, plants, fruits, and vegetables, they're all, they're all bright colored. They're meant to be eaten. That's the point. Animals eat them. They digest them. The seeds are left. They keep it going. <laughs> You're drinking a clearly Canadian. That a boy. You're right. Sponsored by. 
so I'm not surprised because especially like uh, on the coast or on boardwalks or any place that's really high traffic with public, you know that like the moment some little girl drops beads or something, the seagulls are going to see those bright colors. They're just going to eat it. They're not they're, They can't exactly chew things. You know, they're a bird. So they're just going to pick it up, open their mouth, drop it in and keep going. So it's, it's a shame. And, and, and fortunately in, in our world, our general way of consumerism is actually quite deadly to other animals like that. And there's a lot of things, the rings that go on the soda bottles or water bottles. These are all things that are easily grabbed when dropped and often dropped. Like you're talking about beads. Kids are running around. Someone breaks a bracelet. Beads go everywhere. You know, there's, there's so many different things that can confuse the wildlife. That's why reusing as much as we can, as often as we can, it always helps. And that's why having this conversation And don't get me wrong, we're not putting a dent in the total amount of plastic bottles. The amount of plastic bottles being produced on a day is pretty daunting. But we can do our part to the best of our ability, and that's all we can do. Like, I, it took me a little while, but now Jamie saves a lot of the plastics containers. I use them in the garage for organization. I use them at Dabble for organization. We get bulk butter from you, so we have one which, by the way, says sour cream that's been scraped off that says butter on it now. You know, so we reuse a lot of those things. I use them as seed starters. People were bringing me their K-cups and yogurt containers. And I would say, thank you very much. Did you know you can have coffee without those containers? <laughs> and then I would take them and use them as seed starters for the Edible Landscape Project. I've got a huge stack of them. Every year people bring me more, I can start more seeds. But we want to reuse those. and. Try to find other ways to use them because honestly, I saved money. I saved a lot of money for not constantly buying those seed starters. This is just the community bringing them in and I, I can use them until they fail. Yeah. And I've seen like when you do the edible landscaping and stuff, I know how many plants you start not including your own garden. I mean, it's serious business over there. <laughs> yes. I'm hoping that we get a greenhouse for the town for us to use. That's one of the things that we're working on because I'm pretty sure Jameson, well, this year wasn't so bad because I started them at Dabble, but she's usually not super excited with all the countertops and everything being full and the basement being full. Your basement jungle. (laughs) So, uh, but I like doing it. It's uh, every time a a sprout pops up, I feel like Matt Damon on the Martian going, hi there. Yeah. I just get such a cool feeling when I, the first, plant pops up so i will probably always do it but if she's lucky we'll finally get a greenhouse and i can just go visit it every day that'd be kind of cool i really need to watch that movie i still haven't seen it oh you're depriving yourself i'll tell you that that's a good one at least i really enjoyed it i'll get to it the other stuff i mean other than i think most people try to save things for reuse in that manner like in the garage to separate the nuts and the bolts and stuff Mm -hmm. but you can make cat toys you seriously can just put a save an old cat toy or dog toy that they've ripped all the stuffing out and stick a wadded up water bottle inside, clip it shut, and they will play with that thing because of the noise it makes constantly. You can take water bottles, put little holes in it that are slightly larger than the cat treat, and put cat treats in it. They'll beat that thing around the house to get one cat treat for an hour. So yeah. there are so there are things that we can do. That was, by the way, yes, I did see that on Pinterest. That people were cutting the tops of two liter bottles and using it because I and I thought of this because Jamie knits or wait, hang on, crochets. I guess that's a different thing. Yes, it is. They use the top of a two liter to set the ball in and then have the string come out the opening 
and then they have this this basic this bowl if you will that they can they can put in places and crochet you know so jamie has a wooden bowl she uses for the same purpose but if someone needed it you know for it to be sitting in one spot that's how you would use it i can't pretend to be an expert i don't know a thing about any of it i'm not a i'm not a craftsy guy i don't do it i see a lot of different ways to use stuff now i'll be honest i don't plan i just collect until i run into a situation where i need something that's pretty much how that works we keep plastic we keep glass we we recycle the aluminum there's a couple of things that i did see is the heavy duty stuff like detergent or if you have a dishwasher the dishwasher detergent are very easily cut into scoops yeah they are that's a kind of a cool one for you know scooping out the dog food scooping out the cat food whatever you have as long as it's cleaned out completely they even have the, a way to cut them so you create this scoop that if you open the, the spout, things can pour out the handle. There's a bunch of these different concepts. Those I thought were pretty cool, and I'll probably do. So I, I'm not much for that kind of stuff, but I, I do agree because we use, um I think originally it was a, a gallon jug for ranch dressing. I don't remember the brand, but it has a handle on it. We had cut that for chicken feet. So most of our chicken's food, we keep in these really big bins. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's cumbersome to try to travel from the bin to the, the, the feeder. Because the feeder is just, it's a, about a four foot tall piece of three inch PVC pipe. And it's got an L at the bottom that it just gravity feeds. Mm-hmm. One of the coolest Pinterest things we had ever seen. Real simple and real cheap to build. Filling it kind of sucks. So when we got this ranch jug i was like well here we go it's the, per- <laughs> it's the perfect scoop it holds a gallon i mean it's hard to measure a dry food in gallons but i mean it's a gallon jug it holds that much worth of food mm-hmm. so I, it works out really well i really like that i had one more i was going to talk to you about but my brain just flatlined i don't know what it was going to say it's gone now just floated well, out of my head well i i always use if we have to buy like lunch meat for example and we and we choose to get it prepackaged or someone brings prepackaged that to me that's a tupperware container when it's done anyways so food stuff is always almost always food stuff again but it's those chemical ones that i'm always trying because you're not going to take a bleach container clean it out and fill it full of barbecue sauce like it's just not one of those things it's not more than once (laughs) so i'm always trying to find different ways now i use larger bottles to brick in so Mm -hmm. if you get a bleach bottle you can brick in a bleach bottle by taking all your smaller plastics and and constantly putting it in there until it's all contained in one space and then you cap it off and then you either dispose of it then or use it for something i usually use that stuff as as a filler for space sometimes so let's say i'm putting in a big planter i'll brick a bunch of plastic because you can put more than a month's worth of plastic into a bleach container Mm mm-hmm and then use it as a space filler. So I didn't know the term was bricking until a few months ago, at least, uh, maybe even longer. You had sent me like the link to this this video I watched, and they were bricking plastic and then using it as a building material, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always just done that. It always made sense to me just to kind of combine it as much as you can before you throw it away. And I do it in kitchens too, which people might, I mean, you look, if you watch me work in a kitchen, like if I, if I get into a kitchen first thing in the morning and I don't want to track down trash bags, the very first box, the very first bottle I open ends up being where all the trash goes. 
mm-hmm. flat out. It's just it, it's it, you can call it laziness, you can call it convenience. It is what it is. But fact of the matter is, it make makes my morning go by simpler. I, all my garbage is in one place. I don't have to track it down. And when I throw it away, it's not going to be everywhere. So it works out for me because that's the one thing I hate the most is when you do dispose of things and then your your you know your mechanical trash truck comes by and they that big arm grabs a hold of your trash can like it's a can of beer and picks it up and throws it back and then if your garbage is all all isn't contained it just goes everywhere it doesn't even make it to the truck it's right not in happiness well and think about that that's how it ends up in rivers lakes streams all these different places when it's loose like that so if mm-hmm. you you know, I can't say that if you brick it, it can't get out because when they compact and, and there's things being done at the, the waste facility, but it, the chances of that plastic that is inside those larger plastic containers, the chances of it getting into nature have greatly reduced. The probability is much less. Mm-hmm. So like those detergent bottles, those bleach bottles, whatever you're using that has that bottle, clean it. And, and keep it, you know, under the counter. And every time someone opens something that has a plastic wrapping, jam it in there. You'll get months of plastics jammed into that one container. Because I used to always use two liters, but I can recycle a two liter here in Michigan. We even get 10 cents when we recycle it from our carbonation tax. So I don't want to use that. I want to use these larger, tougher, thicker containers. Cause I'll get a ton in there and the chances of it coming out are very, very slim. Why? Yeah. That, that spawns a whole nother conversation. I, why do we get money for two liters? It has nothing to do with recycling. I, so, I <laughs> so re- here in Michigan and in other States, there's a cost that you pay when you buy soda or anything carbonated in a plastic bottle or glass or aluminum. And they call it a recycling fee. So when you take it back, you get that money back. So for in Michigan, it's 10 cents. Glass bottles, plastic bottles, aluminum, doesn't matter. When we take it back, we get 10 cents. But if you have a flat version of that drink, good example is my clearly Canadian sparkling water. And I promise, guys, this is not a sponsorship. It just happens to be what I have in my hand. This is a carbonated water beverage. That carbonation is why this bottle cost me an additional 10 cents when I bought it, and I'll get it back when I take it back. A flavored water without carbonation does not. So what it is is a carbonation tax. So wouldn't it make more sense for someone to pass legislation just to put a similar tax on all plastic bottles to incentivize people to recycle them properly? Yes, but that's not why they did it. They did it as a, uh, I think they call them like a luxury tax. Yeah, that's all it it was. Doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. This no, is one of those historical legal things that people say to end a conversation like that answer is supposed to solve questions. It doesn't. It literally makes no sense and it gives me more questions. Yeah, it has nothing to do with actually recycling. Their their hope is that many people will buy these and not take them back and then they got to keep the 10 cents. So it's a consu- it's it's a consumer thing where they just want to they want to nickel and dime you for more money knowing that it's like Menards when every time you walk in there it's like oh, oh every day 11% back they know that like less than 10% of their customers are going to send that receipt in for that rebate. Right. They're incentivizing you to shop there based on getting money back, but they know you're not actually going to take the steps to get the money back. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, as long as we're on the same page, <laughs> but it's, it does not count for things that are not carbonated. So anyways, that is one of the things that I would like to do with plastic bottles 
is at Dabble, and the back of Dabble, there's this unique brick fence that I have. And it is a fence in a sense. It's just, it's like bricks with holes cut out and stuff. And it stacks across the back of the property. It's like concrete lattice. It's not, yeah. it's not really a fence, but it's not really, it's weird. But I would, what I would like to do is build live walls there and be able to put in soil down below but in because i know these vines are only going to grow so high and so lush that i i could take very large plastic bottles cut them in half or cut them so that there's an opening for plants put good soil in there and allow more plants like kind of in a sense hook those to the to that concrete lattice and create mm-hmm. a green wall out of that would be kind of cool too well then do it it's it's on the list. It's Trumpet one of those vines, things. grapes, all different kinds of stuff. Yeah, I would try. I would try very hard to go primarily with edible, but you can mix in some other stuff to help it become more full. But grapes is my preference. Grapes should be pretty full if you get a good a good a good root system going and stuff. When that thing goes, it'll go. Yeah, and uh, I think it takes a little while, but if even if I build at the bottom a good spot to put a bunch of soil, it'd be kind of cool. Just a big wall of green back there. Mm-hmm. And in the right time of the year, green with bunches of purple and red. <laughs> yes, if the birds don't get them all. You'd be surprised. Birds do eat fruit, but I think it's more of a that's more of a an excuse than anything because I have currently around my house which this is they just grew on their own i don't know where they came from for the first time in eight nine years being in this house the entire perimeter of my house is covered in black raspberries wild black raspberries Mm. and yeah all of it so like the birds don't really mess with them nice Mm -hmm. they're tasty (laughs) so i know other people have all these other ways they use their plastics if you have ways that i've just ignored or skipped today tell us when this is posted, put it down in the comments, send it to us as a comment, send it to us as a, as a private message. I'm, I will likely learn from the things you're doing with it. I know there's millions and millions of ways to be able to store and use all these different things. Matter of fact, I've started keeping the oil containers from cooking to wash them out and fill it full of things like popcorn. The, the kernels themselves so mm. that, you know, I have one large container because Jamie eats a lot of popcorn. She enjoys it and she makes it, you know, not in the microwave like I used to. <laughs> she actually makes popcorn so we can we can buy bulk, put them in those containers and they're they stay dry and everything is good. Dry pasta is another one you can put in those. See, there you go. And the more people who talk about it, if we can start a conversation, we will all learn about it and be able to trade these secrets back and forth and be able to use more plastic bottles and keep them out of landfills. Oh, you call them secrets. I just like using Mac. I like having macaroni bottles. Macaroni bottles? Why? Yeah, just bottles full of macaroni because boxes suck. <laughs> and the, the more important part is that if you have a, you have a plastic bottle that has a, hopefully a lid that actually screws off or seals tightly, you don't have to worry about moths and that kind of stuff. They tend to like to eat through cardboard boxes and paper, you know, bags. Like if you have flour and stuff, because mm-hmm. for me, like a lot of times I always end up with more flour than I'll ever use. Like I do go in binges where I bake a lot and I, and I'll, I'll make a bunch of pasta dough and stuff, but like, it's like once in a while, it's not like I use it all the time. So I'll be in my house and I'll have like a five pound bag of flour that just sits there or I'll have like a ton of macaroni or whatever noodle it is, rigatoni or any of them that just sit there in these cardboard boxes. Like if you have like containers that are sealable that you can put them in instead of that, it's a lot better for your food. It helps for longevity. Okay. See, 
That's the conversation I want to have. That's why I'm hoping people will put stuff in the comments and we'll be able to have this conversation because we're all going to learn something. And that's important. So before I close this out, I have a bunch of stats because I'm me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> spreadsheet Michael's about to come out. <laughs> and it's just a reminder of why we want to reuse. I mean, recycling is an option, but it's kind of the last option. You know, you if you can't refuse it, you want to reuse it. And in 2001, which I, I would argue to say isn't the most ramped up time in in world history, but in 2001, 40 million tons of plastic waste was generated in the U.S. And that was 20 years ago. No, 2021. Oh, you said, oh I thought you said 20. Okay, my bad. I misheard a totally different number. <laughs> so that's why I said it probably was because we're just coming out of COVID and stuff. But uh, 40 million tons of plastic waste and only about five or six percent of that is recycled. So, when we, you know, we, we always see these stats about our Plastic is only recycled at 20%. That's because water bottles and soda bottles are higher. It, most of these other plastic bottles are not recycled. They're, not, they're just not. Yeah, I'm not even sure if people even think about recycling them. They take their soda bottles back if they have a deposit, and they t- take their water bottles back because it's a discussion. It's a constant discussion. And maybe they think they can't. Maybe it's, a, it's an ignorance thing. Maybe they, they think they can't be recycled like me. Because they were full of chemicals and stuff. Because honestly, Mike, I don't know. I don't know which ones can be recycled and which ones can be because some of the chemicals are really gnarly. Right. So a thousand water bottles are used in the U.S. per second. Like that's there's just some silly, silly, silly things. The average citizen uses 156 uh, plastic bottles a year. Plastic bottles have actually decreased in recycling since 2018. Okay. We've dropped almost 3% in how much plastic bottles are being recycled. Well, we're going the wrong way. Which is a bit interesting considering I think it was 2016 or 17 that China quit taking all of our waste. You would think we'd be a little more active in recycling if we've lost places to dump, which is what the U.S. usually did. Once again, the average person does not know about that. You know, 85% of all water of all bottles end up in landfills. We know that the I, I told you that uh, the soda bottles are recycled at the highest rate at 29%. But that's because in many states you get money for bringing them back. You know, so there's a lot of those things. The biggest thing is it bothers me is that decreasing of recycled product because we should be getting better at being able to use that stuff, but we're not. We're consuming at such a high level that we don't necessarily need the recycling because you're purchasing such high volumes of raw material, which is a waste in another industry. So it's kind of a bummer. It is a bummer that we're, we're just simply using less. We're consuming what we're using less of we're recycled u- material. Oh, that yes. Yeah. That's a bummer. We're consuming. We're just, we consume too much. I really wish we could go back to the time where everything was made to be recycled. Well, a lot of that time, everything was glass. You know, your your milk came in a glass bottle. I vividly remember sodas coming in a, in a glass bottle. Everything came in glass or aluminum. There wasn't an abundance of plastic out there. And I think at some point we're going to have to get back to it because if not, we're going to run out of space. There's just going to be far too much plastic everywhere. And even if we, even if we recycle, because it downcycles, you're still going to have some of those problems. So unless we go to glass and aluminum, 
we're 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 going we're causing a long-term issue. So that's all I had for today. If you like this show, share it with a friend or on social media. You can also support realistic sustainability in a bunch of different ways. One, of course, you can be a monthly sustainer on our anchor hosting site just by searching realistic sustainability or going to greeningyourlife.org forward slash podcast. There's always links in the description. You can leave us five-star reviews. As you all know, it really helps people find us in those podcast platform search engines, or every once in a while, we even get thrown up on the front page, which is pretty cool. You can follow us on a lot of different things, not only clicking the follow on the podcast, which we really hope you do, but Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, all of them. Between Nick and I, we're all over the place. So follow if you can. We, we do greatly appreciate it. And thank you so much again for sharing your time with us. And remember, we get together each week just to get a little better. Little bit, little bit, big bit. Thank you so much. I'm Mike. And I'm Nick. And we will see you next week.